Hi, I'm Abby, and I'm here with Alan. Hello. And we are here from the future. We're so thankful that you're listening to the early episodes of our podcast. We just wanted to give you a heads up that our format has changed pretty dramatically. And now we do these deep dives into occult and horror history, as well as reading horror stories. So if you want to enjoy the podcast in its current format, start somewhere around episode 22. Or listen backwards. Enjoy. again everybody my name is abby branker and we're back to read you more creepy stories um today we have both a short story and a long story for you not too long but maybe a little longer than you're used to if you've been an avid listener of the first two episodes of the lunatics radio hour i have oh thank you avi to warm things up our friend avi dopkin is going to be reading another short story for you this one is called red lipstick um cool so avi take it away okay i'm not gonna plug my i'm not plugging anything this time what do you want? Do you want to plug your pod, your podcast? Yeah, I'm going to plug from Alfred Z. Avi has a. If you didn't listen to the first ep, or second episode or whatever episode Avi is on, it was the last one, I think. He talked about how he has a Power Rangers podcast. Yeah, everyone should listen to my stupid Power Rangers podcast you called can, From Alpha to Z, which you can find on all places where podcasts are podcasting, except maybe Spotify. Except maybe Spotify, but get get your podcatching software up. And, you know, you'll find it. There you go. Flying through the ether. So just a quick note before we get into the first story. It actually has a score that was composed by my dear friend, Michaela Papa, recently married. Congratulations to Michaela and Brendan. Um, so please enjoy this extra special little treat for you guys. Lipstick written. Abby Riker, narrated by Avi Dobkin. Layla had finished brewing the potion and distilling it into a creamy paste that morning. She didn't hesitate as she finally smeared the pigment across her lips. She looked in the mirror and puckered her mouth. Perfect. The lipstick seemed to glow as she retracted it back into its tube. Before she could even replace the lid, she could feel it starting to take effect. She felt a vibration building in her veins. She rolled her neck as the sensation spread throughout her entire body. It had worked. A knock. Layla felt her body move independently of her mind as she strutted toward her front door and threw it open. Her landlord stood outside her door, wearing his usual smug grin, smoking a cigarette. This is your last warning, he trailed off. I'm sorry, Mr. Bergen, that's no way to greet someone. Did you mean to say hello and ask me how I am? Mr. Bergen looked dumbfounded. His mouth hung open as he nodded slowly. Yes, that's what I figured. Anyway, how can I help you? Mr. Bergen blinked nervously. I'm not sure. I was coming to collect rent, but you obviously don't owe rent. Yes, that's right. How silly of you to forget. I live here for free. Yes, that's right. I'm so sorry to bother you. That's quite all right, Mr. Bergen. I assume it won't happen again. Mr. Bergen shook his head frantically and slowly backed away from Layla. Have a good one. 
She slammed the door shut again, a dark grin spreading across her blood-red lips. She crossed back to her bathroom mirror. The lipstick seemed to be a part of her now, seamlessly integrated with her lips. She wasn't even phased by the bodies and tubes that drenched her white bathroom in red. Catching sight of her tub in the mirror, Layla stepped over and started to drain the blood. She wondered if the potion would be more intense if she could find even younger victims next time. Up next, my dear, dear, dear friend, one of my favorite people that exists. And I don't want the other readers to feel um, upset that I did not say that about them. Because it's not a competition. No, it's just And a I think they're, they're also some of my favorite people that exist. I just didn't say that. You know, and I also don't want to feed into their egos. Okay, so KK Mayo. Um, KK is a frequent collaborator for Lunatics um, on the film side. We've done a few. She's an incredible choreographer, so we've done some dance films together. She's done some choreography for some of our art pieces. We've done some film for some of her dances, you know. It all kind of like meets in the middle. One time I lost, I was thinking today about how I lost my cell phone on <laughs> your shoot where I'm someone still, stole it. I still feel really bad about that. I'm not going to lie. We were filming in like the woods on Long Island and it was snowy and it disappeared. And then someone contacted me about it and said they would send it to me. But then when I told them my office address, because I didn't want them to have my personal one, mm-hmm. they just never sent it. But That's it's fine true. because I got a new one. Anyway, that was a side story. Um, Creepypasta. This is one of the first stories, like dark stories I've ever written. Um, I wrote it in college in a creative writing class, and I've then adapted it several, several times um, to be one of the first Lunatics films and, I don't know, some other versions. So this is like old, but also probably been updated in the last few years, or maybe not. We'll see what comes out. It's sentimental. I haven't done a lot of proofreading of these stories, <laughs> so um, it's a li- okay, so this is a little teen angsty, um, just to give you that warning, mm. um, but yeah, so KK. Yeah. I would like to welcome you officially to the podcast. Thank you, I'm glad to be here. Oh, we're so glad to have you. Um, and to break the ice a little bit between you and the listeners, because you and me are pretty close. Yeah. Um, we, don't need, we don't have any ice. No ice left. Only melted water. Mm-hmm. I guess that's just water. It's lukewarm. Lukewarm boiling water. <laughs> Will you tell the listeners your favorite horror movie? Wow. That's hard. Um, mm-hmm. I was just talking about It Part 2. I just saw it in theaters a few nights ago mm-hmm. with my friend Matt, and it was good. Um, but I kept comparing it to Midsummer, and mm. I realized how much I really, really, can we swear? Yeah. I really, really fucking loved Midsummer. I'm with you. We saw that movie together. Yeah. It was great. Where did we see it again? We saw it in Brooklyn. Alamo. Alamo, Draft House. Yeah. yeah. I love Midsummer a lot. I love that it takes place 100% in bright light. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I love Hereditary, which is yeah, um, the, first direc- the first movie by the Tony same Tony Collette. Yeah. So if you guys are like... In the Halloween mood, even though it might be after Halloween when you're listening to this, let's watch it. I mean, I'm sure you've seen those movies if you're listening to this. Podcast. And if you haven't, because you're probably what either the our fuck friend. What are you doing? Yeah, come on. 
you're either our friend or our enemy. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you're either our friend or someone you're who about likes to horror. Be. Yeah. Or you're about to be. So you've probably seen those movies. Okay. So without further ado, KK, would you please read The Darkness to our listeners? Gladly. Thank you. Written by Abby Brinker. Narrated by KK Mayo. There were definitely footsteps behind her. She immediately quickened her pace, but it took her several seconds to muster the courage to look around. She squinted into the darkness, but it was hard to make out any shape in the sheet of blackness that surrounded her. Before turning back around, a new sensation took a hold of her. A pulsing heat was rising from her core and traveling to her extremities. Her heart was beating, thudding so rapidly that she could feel it in her neck. The sound from her racing heart was disabling her from hearing anything else. She concentrated, trying to hear if the footsteps had ceased, but all she could hear was a low, repetitious thud. Warm liquid blurred out her vision. Before she even knew what had happened, a piercing shriek was escaping her lips. She pivoted on the balls of her feet, preparing to run away. She only managed one step before a hard, encircling force closed around her small frame. Only now did she notice that her limbs were shaking. The fear that fogged her mind started to evaporate as she inspected the scene around her. A tall boy was clutching her, laughing. He had shaggy blonde hair and light eyes. Her racing heart did not slow when she realized that Josh Green was embracing her. Sorry, Morgan, I didn't mean to scare you that much. He spoke to her through suppressed laughter. Why did you jump out at me? It was funny, that's all. He kept his arm around her shoulder as he led her off the path she had been following. She still wasn't sure what she was doing in the middle of the woods at nearly midnight. Lindsay had approached her at school the day before. Morgan had nearly jumped when she looked up from piling books into her locker and seen Lindsay Madison standing next to her, arms folded. Hey, Morgan. Oh, hello, Lindsay. Morgan quickly glanced back into her locker. Making eye contact with Lindsay made her uncomfortable. You know how a lot of us go up to Keller Hill every weekend? Oh, no, not really. Morgan kept her eyes awkwardly fixed on her Western literature textbook. She felt compelled to apologize to Lindsay for not knowing more about her weekly routine. Well, everyone goes. Jessica, Ray, Jackie, Courtney, and Josh. With the last item on the list, Lindsay raised her eyes and caught Morgan peeking at her. Morgan immediately dropped her gaze and a tint of red spread over her pale cheeks. Lindsay paused for a moment, interpreting Morgan's physical reaction, and continued. You should really come. It's tons of fun. Really? Oh, yeah. See you at 11.30, then, and be ready to tell a scary story. A really scary story. A thin smile spread over Lindsay's face. Why do I need to tell a story? Morgan's brow was folded with confusion. It's your initiation. With that, Lindsay floated away. Morgan watched her glide over to the other girls. She envied their flowing hair, made-up faces, but most of all, she envied their friendship. She remembered the task that was just bestowed upon her, and a hard knot developed in her stomach. It was the same knot that crept up on her now, as she walked with Josh through tangles of trees. He had been pointing a small flashlight just past their feet as they walked, but he suddenly flicked it off. Morgan raised her eyes and immediately saw why. The glowing light from a bonfire flickered over them, 
Morgan could see the silhouettes of people moving rhythmically. The low tones of some foreign music reached her ears. She looked up at Josh, searching for an answer, but all he gave her was a big grin. This seemed like more of a dance party than a campout, not that she had ever been to either. It only took another ten seconds of walking to reach the clearing. Morgan looked around to see the most prized cheerleaders, athletes, and scholars of Bates High School dancing around a a roaring bonfire. This is what the popular kids did. She started to regret coming at all. They probably didn't want to be her friend anyway. But this did seem secretive. Would they have let her see their clandestine meeting without a true interest in her presence? She decided to listen to the words her mother had shared with her before she left the house. You've always been great. It's about time they took notice. Morgan threw her shoulders back with newfound confidence. She gave Josh an appreciative glance as his eyes still hovered above hers. Just then, Lindsay noticed their arrival. She sauntered over and in one seemingly choreographed move, ripped Morgan from Josh's hold and took her place. We are so glad you made it. I was starting to get a little bit worried, you know? If you hadn't showed up, we would have had no entertainment for the evening. A thin grin flashed across Lindsay's face making her look eerie in the flickering firelight. A few female giggles came from somewhere on the other side of the growing fire. Morgan's confidence began to falter. Lindsay continued speaking. So here's the deal, Morgan. Once it strikes midnight, you will tell us your terrifying story. And if we are scared, you're in. In what? Morgan's cheeks were burning, but it wasn't from the nearby flame. In with us. However, if your story does not meet our extremely high standards... You will have to deal with the consequences. The giggles were louder this time. Morgan's heart was attempting to deafen her again. You didn't say anything about consequences. The giggles had turned into blatant fits of hysterics. Lindsay just smiled at the laughter. Well, you just have to leave immediately. That's all? Almost. Now Lindsay was starting to show signs of amusement. Before we let you leave, we will blindfold you and bring you deeper into the woods. Morgan was desperately trying to comprehend what she was hearing. Now it was clear that they had no intention of being her friend. They just wanted to torture her. She should have known. She decided it would be best to just leave now. If they never heard a story, they couldn't punish her. It was worth the embarrassment. It wouldn't be the first time they had embarrassed her. I'm just going to go now, Morgan mumbled. What was that? Why would you leave now? I really shouldn't be out this late. You have a curfew? You're a senior in high school. Besides, you came all the way out here. You obviously don't have to be home. You just want to leave because you're afraid your story will suck. These last few words were as harsh as the heat from the fire. Morgan took a few deep breaths before answering. She was desperately trying to blink back her tears. She didn't know what else to say. No other excuses came to mind. Fine. I'll stay. Great. Everyone had stopped dancing and talking to watch Lindsay reveal their plans to their new victim. Lindsay turned her back on Morgan and approached the group of girls responsible for the giggles. This movement seemed to give the rest of the party permission to return to their activities. However, the dancing and discussion was now replaced with hushed whispers and smirking. Even Josh had gone to talk to the boys, leaving Morgan alone. A knee-high tree stump caught her eye. She sat down to wait. She looked at her watch, 15 minutes left. She began to wonder if they would blindfold her, even if they liked her story probably. An unexpected voice tore Morgan out of her thoughts. Going over your story? Morgan looked up to see Jessica and Ray standing over her. She looked past them to the direction she had arrived, longing to leave. No, I know it by heart. Oh yeah? Nice. I like that you're prepared. Their grinning faces disgusted Morgan. 
She wished she could just hit them or scream or run away, but she knew she would never survive high school if she did any of these things. I can't wait to hear it, added Ray as the pair walked away. Morgan strained her eyes, trying to see where she had come from. It was hard to remember where Josh had led her after they had left the path. Could she even find her way back if she had left from here? The remaining four minutes seemed to pass as four seconds, though many things happened. The boys threw buckets of water onto the bonfire and reduced it to a mere pile of smoldering ash. The girls repositioned themselves in a circular form around the fire, all facing Morgan. Lindsay held out her arm, staring at her watch. After a few seconds, she looked up at Morgan, still displaying her thin smile. Begin. Morgan swallowed hard. Well, this isn't really a ghost story or an urban legend. It's something that really happened to me. I think it will probably explain to you why I'm so different. You mean it isn't because you're slow? An outburst of laughter followed. Morgan didn't know who said it, but she didn't need to. They were all the same to her. She looked straight into Lindsay's eyes and continued. When I was five, my father took me apple picking in the fall. During the ride there, we had car trouble and he had to pull over. After he looked under the hood, he decided that he needed to walk to the nearest gas station or garage. I was so young and small that he decided to leave me in the car. Morgan hoped her pauses seemed dramatic. She was trying to evoke confidence in herself. She glanced down at her shaking hands and noticed a remaining bucket of water at her feet. She took a deep breath and continued. I waited patiently in the back seat for what seemed like an hour, but I'm sure it was only ten minutes. I was so bored I started practicing tying my shoelaces. Have you figured it out yet? Morgan could feel tears forming behind her eyes. While I was still looking down at my shoes, a strange feeling came over me. I felt sick to my stomach, but the illness came upon me so suddenly, I was momentarily shocked, confused. I immediately sat up straight and tried to open the car door. At this moment, I realized two things. One, that my father had locked me in the car. She paused. And two, that there was a little boy standing inches away from the car, staring at me through the window. She paused again. But no one could come up with any clever comments quick enough. Morgan smiled. Her mother was right. She was great. And soon they would understand that. This was a great story. She glanced down at the water bucket again and nudged it softly with her foot. <laughs> her foot. Her foot. Her foot. <laughs> she glanced down at the water bucket again and nudged it softly with her foot. It moved easily. After I got over the shock, I inspected him. There was nothing extraordinary about him. He was about my age and size. His clothes were neither ragged nor nice. His skin was tan and his hair was dark. After a moment of staring at each other, he brought his small fist up to the window and started banging on it. The noise was incredible. It was as if he had the strength of a full-grown man. My feeling of nausea strengthened. I just wanted to be as far away from him as possible. I unclicked my seatbelt and crawled to the other side of the car. He was quicker. By the time I had reached the other side, he was already waiting for me at the window. Then he spoke. Please let me in, he cried. I'm not safe out here. Please let me in. His screams were piercing. I tried to explain to him through the glass that even if I wanted to, I couldn't. I was locked in. He didn't seem to hear what I was saying. I couldn't bring myself to look at him. I crawled down to the footspace beneath the seats and kept my head down. I started to cry. He continued banging and yelling at me for a few moments, and then silence. I looked up at him one final time before he disappeared. This time, I noticed something that made me cringe. His image only lasted for a few seconds before I was left alone. 
I knew he had left because I didn't feel sick anymore. What did you notice about him? Morgan looked up triumphantly this time. She let a thin smile creep across her lips. His eyes, his pupils, irises and corneas. You know the white parts? Were all completely black. With this, Morgan shifted her foot ever so slightly, spilling the remaining bucket of water over the smoldering coals. Sweat was dripping from her forehead as she sprinted towards their car. Morgan fumbled for her keys in her coat pocket, finding them just in time. She wasn't sure if they were following her, or if they had even realized what happened. After kicking water around the ashes, she had snuck back to the path and ran to her car. She didn't want to be in with them anyway. She hoped they were scared. I wish she had seen their faces when they finally illuminated the scene with their lighters and flashlights, and she was missing. Either way, she was proud of herself. Lindsay wasn't sure if it was the sudden darkness that flashed over the group or some darker power, but the moment Morgan finished her story, her eyes had turned completely black. The end. Hey, KK, that was amazing. Thanks, dude. Thanks for reading that really, really long story. Yeah, it's the wolves. They helped me get through it. Explain maybe what the wolves are for people who aren't in this room with us. Well, I'm currently surrounded by how many sides of a cube are there? Eight? Four hundred. Six. Seven. God, I was a math minor. This is sad. One of the sides of my cube is open to see your beautiful face, and all other sides are wolf blankets, courtesy of Alan. Well, we've taken up quite enough of your time already, (laughs) Um, so we will leave you here. Please subscribe to this podcast for more stories and creepy content. It's really helpful for us. Also, if you're a fan of short films, please also subscribe to Films About Lunatics on YouTube and consider backing us on Patreon. I post a lot of these short stories there first, along with deep dives into hauntings, interviews with ghost hunters, tons of stuff. Um, And finally, be sure to follow us on Instagram. If you're into cool haunting photography and like, you know, it's no big deal, but it's pretty cool. Super cool. Super cool. So yeah, thank you. Peace and love. Thank you, Avi. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, KK. Thank you. Good night. Good morning, whatever time it is. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some bonus content, consider supporting us on Patreon to access our patron-exclusive podcast, Horror Movie Club. Also head to lunaticsproject.com to check out our spooky merch and apparel. You can find us at Lunatics Project on Twitter and TikTok and The Lunatics Project on Instagram and YouTube, where you'll find our short horror films, cemetery tours, and so much more. And please rate and review. A little feedback goes a long way to help us grow and get more content out there. Our cover art is by Pilar Kep, and musical bumpers are by Michaela Papa and Jordan Moser.